0: Of CQP moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. Guys, I have an amazing guest, and she's going to talk to us about the C word. I'm talking about none other than Dr. Lou Bear. So let's take a moment out for our sponsors, and I'll be right back with Dr. Lou. So, guys, like I was saying, I have Dr. Lou Baer, and she's an expert of a different sort. I mean, we've had doctors before, of course. We've had authors. We've had experts, therapists, lawyers, but we've never actually had a civility expert. So, I'm going to let her introduce herself and she's going to tell us what a civility expert does. So please, Dr. Bayer, introduce yourself to my listeners. Thank you, Queen.
1: So my name is Lou Bayer. Um, um, I'm proud to be on. It's an honorary doctorate from uh, some people that support the work that we do for the past 20 years. And so um, I actually sell myself as an author and expert. Uh, I'm CEO of Civility Experts worldwide. We have five hundred affiliates in forty six countries because people behave badly all over the world. Um, and to give you a sense of what civility is, many people assume we're talking about etiquette, you know, business etiquette, what fork to use, right. you know, what the kind of shoes should your shoes match your belt, that kind of thing. And that's about, you know, ten percent of civility because certainly, how you present yourself, um, you know, sends an impression, and it, it is important. But civility is a measurable competency, it's a values proposition, it's really about people treatment, and, and um, we teach it in such a way that it builds better workplaces.
0: Ah, okay. So now, because like because, like you said, I was like, "Okay, are we gonna talk about etiquette? Are we just going to talk about you know saying please and thank you? So all right, it does okay, it builds better workplaces now, can you give an example of how it would be better for the workplace is are you talking about between coworkers between uh you know supervisors and staff, what are you talking
1: about? All kinds of ways. So there's quite a bit of research. Um, We've covered a lot of it in um, a book called 30% Solution, where we talk about how the research shows organizations that embed civility in their policy and practices um, experience on average 30% more retention, productivity, and impact to the bottom line. So 30% more profit. So, um, a lot of people, again, if you're thinking that civility is etiquette, they're going, come on, being nice and saying, please, is gonna make me 30% more profit. And it's not quite as simple as that, although you know, it's, it doesn't hurt to be nice, right? Um, the, I think a key thing that might help um, you and others to understand and it's so timely in terms of what's going on in the world these days is that when a person is civil, when they choose civility, they understand that respect is not something you should ever have to earn. Respect is something that we are all equally deserving of because we're human and on the planet. Trust is something different. So when we teach civility, we actually are teaching trust-building behaviors, but those behaviors do not change anybody or relationships or the way uh, workplace culture is unless the people that we're working with all agree that respect is not something you have to earn. So as an example, if if we go into an organization and we have the executives and the HR people sitting around the boardroom and we're talking about what we're going to do in training, they tell us what their problem is. Right. If I say, ladies and gentlemen, raise your hand if you think that the, Delivery person should be treated the same way as the CEO, as the person who uh, makes your photocopies, as the person who sells to your clients. Should everybody be treated the same way? And if they don't raise their hand, you know, we get into a little bit of a tutorial about why they should and what's the problem if they didn't. Because if the CEO, for example, really does think that um, it doesn't show people that they are not equal. If certain people, just because of a higher salary or more education, have um, special seats in the lunchroom or parking close to the door, or they're allowed to speak to people in a certain way, like basically, we want, right? A lot of times it's the policy and procedure that actually fosters incivility. You know, we've worked in hierarchical organizations, you know, systems and um, ideas, theories from 1960, 1970. You know, the world was very different back then. And it just doesn't work anymore.
0: Yeah, I, because, well, you know what, and I never really thought of that because it's always like, you know, you want, you, you're you working harder so that you can get the better office or the park, like you said, the parking closer to the door. So you're not thinking, hey, I, uh, I just, you know, I shouldn't be treating people. I should be treating, like you said, everyone should be equal, the delivery guy that comes and delivers lunch or you know, the person that makes the copies, the person that works in the mailroom. So right. how, okay, how would you begin even starting that conversation?
1: So one of the first things we do is start that conversation about defining the terms. You know, words matter. Um, so we want, you know, we ask people, what's respect to you? And if they say, oh, you have to earn it, you know, then we'd have a conversation about that and we help them understand. So you don't think that the person who delivers the packages that you desperately need to do your job, you don't think that person deserves a hello and a how are you and some kindness, help him with the door if he needs, just as much as you know the coworker you've worked with 20 years um, deserves a, a friendly handshake and a hello or whatever, right? The idea is that, we go into every interaction bringing in our best self, meaning that we don't make assumptions about other people. You know, somebody shouldn't have to say, As it, it makes me sad when I get in a taxi in some Canadian cities, for example, and a really lovely man or woman will feel compelled to say to me, you know, this isn't my real job, I have two degrees. You know, the the idea that we would oh. judge somebody, right? Based on, because, you know, we don't know, maybe somebody, um, chose not to take a promotion or didn't take that second degree because they have three children, one of whom might be disabled at home, and their values are such that they want to take care of their family. So they've chosen a job. It doesn't reflect necessarily on intellect or uh, ambition, right? Like, who are we to judge who does what? If people perform their job, you know, and they're competent, um, people treatment shouldn't matter. We should speak kindly to everyone we come in contact with. We should say please and thank you to everyone we come in contact with. If people cross the line and they're unruly or disrespectful, we should engage in a civil dialogue and help them understand how what they did or said is harmful. Um, It's really about, right? It's about understanding that there's consequences and we should have conscience and be conscious uh, when we're engaging with other people.
0: Wow okay so now I you know because we always hear this you know respect is earned respect is earned where do we even get that from?
1: You know I've researched 20 years you know I'm not sure I I, you know I haven't been able to find an original source for that but you know I think maybe it's like respect your elders and so there was this idea that you know, you earn life experience and then people appreciate your wisdom. And in some contexts, that was perceived as respect. In some cases, it's a cultural tradition, you know, where certain people get uh, are treated in a more reverent kind of way. And we've carried on these habits. But, you know, these days at the pace of change and technology and so on, we have to be thinking adults, thinking human beings. You know, we have to, you know, you don't follow all the etiquette rules. Um, just because they're a rule, you know, handshake is a good example. Um, In COVID or people with different culture or direct eye contact even is another example. If I just blindly follow the rule without paying attention to what the response is or have I caused harm by doing that, and I don't know how to repair that harm, then what's the point of that social rule? Um, You know, I think a lot of people don't understand that historically, etiquette was meant to distinguish between classes, and it was meant um, to incorporate some health and and um, sanitization. So taking your shoes off, there was a reason you did that, right? There was animals in, you know, walking in the street and, you know, feces everywhere and germs. And I mean, most of the etiquette rules, wash your hands before dinner, take your hat off, because there might be, you know, insects or uh, same thing most of etiquette rules were grounded in health and safety and the conditions have changed over the last 100 years but the many of the rules have not right you know if you just follow like book etiquette right so civility if you have a civil attitude if you really believe that people are everybody has value and that people are equally de- deserving of respect i promise you if that's your attitude when you go into situations Your demeanor is such that even if you make a mistake and, you know, offer somebody something that, you know, based on their religion is not appropriate for their diet, or you go to shake hands with a woman and she's not comfortable or, you know, if you make a social faux pas, if your attitude is of civility, people recognize that and they forgive social faux pas easily because they can tell that your true intention was to ease their experience. And civility is entirely about choosing to ease the experience of others.
0: Uh, Okay, so I actually want to ask two questions. Um, The first question being, um, you know, we're talking about respect in that hierarchy. Now, is this sometimes why you have a breakdown where one friend will become now become the supervisor and then their autumn and the other friend of course stays in the same position so is this why sometimes you have a breakdown in friendships because in other words the hierarchy is assumed and we're automatically assuming that you know supervisors are treated better than our regular coworkers.
1: That's right. So, you know, we try to teach people that everybody in an organization, let's say, you know, a manufacturing plant, everybody has value there. And a supervisor is just a person who has different responsibilities, but they're still just a person. So at the end of the day, they might have some experience or education or some knowledge that you don't have, but there's a very good chance that you have some experience or knowledge or education that they don't have. And so, if we go into situations recognizing that we're all in this together, we're going to have to collaborate. If we're going to keep up with the pace of change and so on, we're going to have to rely on each other because a supervisor can't possibly know every detail of every job that the 80 people he or she supports does. And same thing, those 80 people can't possibly know the pressures and um, conditions and uh, company trade secrets and you know um, directives that that one supervisor is getting, and so we have to go into situations assuming the best, um, taking for granted that we're all just trying to get through the day. And could we make that a little easier for each other? So speak kindly. If you wouldn't swear at your mother, why would you swear at the supervisor, and why would you swear at a coworker? Right if you, you would flush the toilet and clean the bathroom after you you know you, you leave if you're at work, why wouldn't you do that in other public places? you know it's just this right, idea of right, yeah, right. thinking about who or what comes next. We tend to be really um, kind of closed off about who or what comes next.
0: Okay, now you did touch upon um, cultural differences now mm-hmm. how how can we, not knowing another person's culture, kind of be respectful of another person's culture civilly? In other words, like you said, offering them something that they may not be able to eat due to their religion or you know um, not you know just because in other words, you may step into someone's temple or someone's house and you don't know that you're supposed to take off your shoes. So right. how, do, how, do we, how do we broach that, you know, or even let's say we do make that mistake. In other words, we're offering that and we're like, oh my gosh, how, how do we take that back? So how do we broach it and how do we apologize for it, so to speak?
1: Right. So, I mean, part of it is humility. Part of it is acknowledging that you're going to make mistakes you don't know everything about everyone but I mentioned at the beginning of the session that civility is a measurable competency and there are four skills that underpin uh, social intelligence systems thinking um, continuous learning um, and continuous learning is the one that I want to highlight right now um, oh cultural competence is the fourth I forgot to say the fourth one, but um, um, continuous learning when you teach people to be curious how to ask questions how to inquire in a gracious, polite way, we go into situations where we can actually say um, in an intelligent, kind of friendly way, um, this is a new situation for me. I'm excited to be here. Do you mind teaching me a little bit about your culture? Or I noticed you did this that's so interesting to me. In my culture, we do this. Could you describe why you do that, right? It's this um, continuous learning is knowing that um, you you can't assume that every one of every culture is gonna behave the same either. Every individual has an individual culture and a family culture and a heritage culture. You know, it's, it's about suspending judgment, acknowledging our, our conscious and unconscious bias, and going into situations curious and excited about learning, um, that's a big part of civility as well.
0: Wow, okay, thank you. So you keep speaking about social intelligence. Can you kind of define that for us?
1: Sure, thank you, And that's one of the other, that's one of the four skills that underpins civility. So social intelligence is your ability to read effectively verbal, nonverbal, tonal, and contextual cues. So it's what we call experiential learning. So most often you build your social intelligence by interacting socially. And as you would guess, some of our younger generations have not been interacting to the extent that maybe we did when we were young, but also technology is a different kind of interaction. So social intelligence is social radar. That's this, you know, picking up cues. You have to see and hear, right? So I learned social radar by sitting across the dinner table. And I knew that if my mother raised her eyebrow ever so slightly, that that meant something. I knew that if my father pushed his chair back, that meant something. You know, just by being in social situations you and paying attention, right. you learn, yeah. right? You learn the kind of hidden and unwritten meaning and unwritten rules. So social radar is one part of social IQ, but you have to be present, meaning you have to take your eyes off your iPhone and you have to look up and look out and be deliberate about picking up on cues. That's social radar. Social knowledge is the second part of social intelligence. And this is in a workplace, you learn the policy, procedures, the code of conduct, what's the uniform, what are the rules, etc. But if your social radar is high, you also learn the unwritten rules. So how come nobody sits at, you know, the chair that's at the front of the room in a meeting um, after you've been in the work? Place for a while and you pay attention maybe you realize oh Bruce sits there I don't know why but that's Bruce's chair I'm not going to argue because people kind of give me this don't do that be very afraid if Bruce comes in and you're in his chair look right but you you learn the unwritten rules through your social radar so social knowledge social radar and the third one is social style so this is um you know a whole field of study on its own but we all present some people would say Introverted or extroverted? Are you assertive? Are you aggressive? Like there's right all of that. these, right? So if your social radar is high and you come into a, a workplace, if everybody is gregarious and laughing and having fun and it's kind of light, um, if your social radar is high, you're going to know that if you want to fit in, you probably have to take on some of that style. Or if you're the person who's boisterous and loud and gregarious and you Storm into a room and everybody else is quiet and kind of giving you the high eyebrow You should know common sense, which is not always common practice You should know to adjust your style to fit the style of the group Um, so Because we're not present because we're busy and tired and stressed and we can't keep up with technology and we rely on our, our technology We've lost our ability to be present, and as a result, social intelligence generally has plummeted over the last decade.
0: Okay, you also mentioned technology, and especially Mm -hmm. now where people are having to use technology instead of actually walking into a room. Are there different rules or are there different changes that people can make for civility using technology let's say a video chat or you know um sending emails you know sending texts back and forth
1: oh absolutely so you know we have business writing um guidelines we have email etiquette we have you know zoom etiquette we have text etiquette, text lingo that you, you know, certain emoticons that are considered familiar that you're not supposed to use at work. You know, there's all of those things. And this is where if you're a civil person and a continuous learner, you assume that things might be different than you expected or anticipate. And so you're open minded going in, you ask questions, you're curious, but you prepare. So you presume to put your best foot forward this is why you know you put your real pants on not your you know pajamas just in case you forget and you have to stand up in a zoom meeting uh, to fix a light or get a cup of coffee or something right there's this idea with civility that you always want to consider what or who comes next or might be impacted so there's a level of preparation and thinking skills that's required to be civil
0: Okay. So, you know, your book's a 30% solution. You know, I know a lot of times you're dealing with um, larger companies, but is this something that let's say a small business or someone that's starting out a business can utilize?
1: Oh, absolutely. And so if somebody's is inclined to, to have the book, um, There's a whole toolkit, I think it's chapter 11 at the back, but we also have all kinds of resources, you know, sometimes it's finances are are, um, prohibitive if people want corporate training. So there's um, sites like civilitycenter.org that has a toolkit, um, about a thousand tools in there, most of which are free, everything from assessments to tip sheets to, you know, etiquette guidelines to templates you can use to mini lessons, Um, We have things like, um, you know, golden rule civility, kids lessons. So if you're working in schools or community or daycare, that kind of work, there's, there's lots and lots of resources um, out there. And oftentimes for small and medium sized business, they actually need it the most because they're in close proximity and close contact, you know, interacting with four people you're more likely, I think, in some cases, to have to get to know each other, to you know, be really close, to cover each other more than if there's 400 employees, right?
0: That is true, that is true, okay. So guys, definitely check out the 30% solution. Um, so, hold on. You also have something called the World Citizen Project? i are oh, yes. curious about that what is it <laughs> thank,
1: you. thank you queen i'm so glad you asked about that so uh, um, world citizen project is a global project where there are i mean the goal is to align messages related to civility all around the globe so there's a certification and training and online programs, uh, messaging that relates to civility in such a way that if I'm a teacher in Singapore, or I am a mechanic in Australia, or I am a bank executive in Florida, or you know maybe I own a salon in Vancouver, um, I can take this training. I can have the same message because, you know. Uh, the world is so much smaller in terms of the connectivity, and increasingly we have to know how to relate with each other um, when things are fast paced and when there are perceived cultural barriers and so forth. And so, the World Citizen Project really promotes this message that we're all the same. You know, it's kind of one world, one classroom, collaboration, this kind of collective humankind. Um, it's, I'm so excited about it. It's sort of the culmination of my, you know, 25 years I've been at it so far, and this is uh, really, it feels like uh, everything that I've imagined civility would be at some point.
0: Wow, this is awesome. So how can someone really get involved in the Civil World Citizen Project?
1: Um, well, they can contact me anytime. I'm Lou, L E W at CivilityExperts.com. Um, there's a website, world Um, and the, we just started the project about six months ago, so it's um, not completely up and running yet all over the world, but you know, in the next, uh, six to 12 months, uh, things go pretty quickly. Um, but they just reach out to me. um, uh, and follow us on YouTube. We have a growing channel called Consider Civility. Um, They can join the um, International Civility Trainers Consortium. It's at um, internationalcivilitytrainer.com. There's a membership option there, and then they would get tips and newsletters and updates and special invites to World Citizen Projects.
0: Wow, okay, so guys, if you want to join the World Citizen Project, definitely check out her one check out her website anyway i i I was like i was looking at your website and i was like oh my gosh this is so awesome um (laughs) and you know so in other words it doesn't hurt to really check these things out in fact it makes you a better person (laughs) um you know and I, i think that's really really awesome now Another thing is, believe it or not, with all this stuff that you have going on, you have another book in the works?
1: Oh, yes. Thank you. This is actually book 18. I believe it'll be out um, early in the new year. It's called Civility at Work. It's kind of the follow-up to 30% Solutions, some um, updated um stats and facts and some new theories and so on so yes thank you queen i appreciate that too it's uh, it's called civility at work but if somebody were to to google Bayer on amazon um some of the other 15 books should pop up
0: okay so where can they find your books other than amazon or are they solely on amazon
1: um no we we sell some ebooks through the civilitystore.com like e-versions and, of course, Kindle, Um, bookstores, depending on where you are in the world. Um, Some brick-and-mortar stores uh, carry the books as well, especially we have some children's books.
0: Right.
1: Um, Yes, yeah.
0: Now, I keep hearing you mention children. How Mm -hmm. can we start teaching children about civility?
1: Um, well, I would say uh, certainly role modeling uh, has something to do with it. But, um, you know, every, you know, if we make a decision early on that everybody is equally deserving of respect, then even television programs that depict, you know, um, just as an example, there was a cooking show where the man in charge was particularly aggressive and sometimes downright Mean certainly uncivil with the students and the participants in this show. It was a celebrity who right. behaved this way.
0: Mm-hmm. So if
1: I'm a if I'm a parent who wants to foster civility, I'm going to make sure that my children understand. Uh, first of all, I probably won't let them watch that show. I don't think it serves any value. It doesn't add value to the child. But I'm going to be very careful um, at what they what they see and hear. So words matter. Um, the way we treat other people matters. So, you know, just um, telling whoever's trying to deliver a flyer, screaming at them through the living room window, read the sign, no flyers, you know, like that, the kind of things that we do day to day, giving someone the finger when we're driving because they, you know, cut Mm -hmm. us off. Right. So I, I think the modeling is really critical, but um what is difficult for a lot of parents i mean we're all works in progress we all make mistakes but with civility there's no gray area you're civil or you're not you're racist or you're not you're respectful or you're not right you're humble or you're not there's you know you you can't just do it on tuesday and thursday afternoon when people are watching um it's, it's, it's right it's a conscious consistent commitment
0: and I think that's a lot of times what happens is we get into the gray, we try to make it a gray issue. That's and right. Like, you know, you, you want to be half in and half out and it's like, you know, you don't think about it. And especially when dealing with children. Um, so, you know, we always, we always think about, you know, but you said something about trust as opposed to, as opposed to, you know, respect. earning respect, yes. Yeah. So yeah. how, What? What is, what is the big difference?
1: So I think like a key difference is that you most definitely have to earn trust. Trust is this idea that people believe that you're gonna do what you say you'll do, that you're credible, um, that you're honorable, that your credentials are well-earned, that you know what you're talking about, that you're honest, you know, all of those other values, uh, but it's really about credibility. So um, as an example, uh, if the building is on fire, uh, I don't have to trust you, To respect you, meaning that I'm going to run in and grab you if I can and save you from that fire, um, because I respect that you're a human being and your life has value. Um, I don't have to trust you to be a decent human being. um, But in the workplace, if there's not trust, it impacts collaboration and performance and productivity. So um, if I respect you, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to let you make mistakes. I'm going to speak to you in a civil way, I'm going to work with you to build trust and I'm going to be trustworthy, you know, so that um, it's, it's an equal contribution on both sides, right? Um, if I trust you, it's probably because you see me as trustworthy, right? It's not one or the other. Um, and when trust is broken, it usually means that one person no longer um, is perceived as trustworthy. Right. So one person might be, but the other is not. Right. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite complex, but really it's day to day behaviors, consistency Mm -hmm. that help build trust. Um, so I, I guess another example would be if I'm dealing with different cultures in the workplace, the fact that somebody is dressed differently than me or might have a garment covering their face or their head, um, I don't have to understand that, and I don't have to know why they're doing what they're doing or dressing a certain way. But uh, because I respect that they're a person who has value and has equal rights as I do, I, I allows not the right word, but I accept that they can be different, and that's okay, right? Um, If I want to learn to trust them, I have to understand why they do it, right? So I have to engage in a conversation. Um, I forget who said it, but, uh, oh, Brene Brown, I think. I don't know if you know her. Um, She's kind of a popular um, speaker these days. But she said, it's hard to hate people up close. So the more time you spend with people, the more you engage with people, the more you watch and learn from them the more you're gonna trust them. Um, It's very difficult to hate people up close.
0: Right, right. So, quick question. Is is it that people kind of confuse respect and trust? Like, in other words, they're, like we always say, you know, that mistaken idea of respect has to be earned. So, in other words, are they confusing the two Ideas?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think some people use them interchangeably, or they use the fact that they don't trust someone as a reason or an excuse for not treating them with respect. So, let's say um, I walk into the staff locker room and I see somebody rifling through somebody else's locker and taking an item and putting it in their backpack. I am not going to trust that person with my belongings. Right. right, I'm not going to trust them with my secrets or confidential information. But if the building is on fire, I can't say, "Oh well, I saw her stealing. I don't respect her. She hasn't earned my respect. Let her burn in that fire." Right? It's uh, respect is something that is it's at this very basic human kind human hyphen kind level. Um, where in fact, if I respect that person who I just saw stealing. If I truly respect them and feel that they have value, I'm probably going to take a minute to say to them, because I respect you, I want you to know that there's consequences to what I think I just saw you do. Either you have to put that back, either you have to do the right thing, and you know, um, if you don't do the right thing, I will have to do the right thing and turn you in or speak about what you've done. Right. Because I respect you. And there's a consequence. If I don't do anything, you might think that it's okay or that I think it's okay. Right. Right. right? And then I present myself as untrustworthy. So respect means that we consider the consequences and the impact and we act accordingly, but out of goodness and in an effort to ease the experience of somebody else.
0: Wow. Okay. (laughs) well it seems like there is a lot more to civility that than even i knew so okay blue bear can you please tell everyone where they can find you where they can find your amazing books your world citizen projects and everything else that you have going on
1: um, well, I, Amazon, I guess, and our website, uh, civilityexperts.com. Certainly, people can reach out to my assistant, admin at civilityexperts.com. He's actually quicker at responding than me. It takes me about two days uh, now. Um, but um, Google uh, civility experts. Google me, uh, Lou Bayer. Find us on LinkedIn. I'm Dr. Lou Bayer. Um, just, uh, you know, even if you type in civility, we usually pop up. And um, we should be quite easy to find, actually. Thank you.
0: So, guys, don't worry. As usual, all of her information will be in the show notes so you won't miss anything. But, Dr. Bayer, it has been awesome having you. And thank you so, so much.
1: Thank you, Queen. It was my pleasure. I appreciate your time.
0: So guys, now that you know what I meant in the beginning, how awesome is that? And thank you again, doctor, because, you know, sometimes we overlook things. We overlook a lot in our day to days. So now we can find out how to take that time out. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other and happy shopping. Hey everyone, it's Angelica from a little bit of everything with me podcast and you're listening to CQP Moments with the coupon queen pin. Don't forget to like and subscribe and rate her podcast.